Welcome to Feeling Seen, the podcast about the movies that make us feel seen. Today I'm talking to a busy working character actor. That means that even if you don't know his name, you've almost certainly seen Parvesh China's face or heard his voice. As you'll hear in this conversation, he's a funny, dynamic presence. The characters that made him feel seen, and there are several, reflect that dynamism. But until recently, there have been very few folks on screens, large or small, that resemble Parvesh. Punjabi American, gay, short. So he relished in the unapologetically weird characters he saw on screen, who, it turns out, were often villains. Let's get into all that right now. My co-host for today is, is one of those folks that I feel like He's been with us through so much of our lives. I can, like, bookend it with maybe you recognize him from such films as Barbershop some time ago or Sometimes I Think About Dying from last year. Maybe you recognize him from television, such as the program Outsourced. Maybe you're a fan of Mythic Quest. Maybe you're a fan of Frasier. And maybe you have heard his voice in the very popular television show more than a few of you probably listened to, The Mandalorian. Um... Parvesh China, welcome to the show. Is there anything else that people need to know about you before we get started? No, that was wonderful. I was trying to stay quiet. I was trying to be like, <laughs> oh, should I be reacting to this? Like, oh, I remember Barbershop. Oh, that was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, okay. So the the I, I the warm up question that I realized I wanted to ask you was like, as a voice actor and a physical on camera actor, um, how have you found that? Like, it's like. I feel like when you're a writer, if you take an editing job, like that informs how you are as a writer. Same thing if you're a fact checker. How does being a voice actor or vice versa affect you as a physical actor? How do those two things inform each other in ways that like you think you may not be considering if you weren't a professional in those two disciplines? Musical theater. Jordan. Okay. Yep. It's all musical theater. I think if you have, if you like to sing, if you have any musicality, Mm-hmm. Let that be just another addition to every aspect of your acting work. Mm. And why I say this, like, I love musicals. I was a musical theater major at Roosevelt. I only did one in college because mm. I just got cast in other shows. My voice might not be at that belty Broadway tenor, Aaron Tveit, like gorgeous yeah. voice, drop your panties kind of voice, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a character actor, so I, I, I could have fun and, you know, I'll be like a, like, I, I looked to Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick when the producers yeah. had that tryout in Chicago before. I was like, yeah, that, that's it. That is mm-hmm. it. So, but why it helps, why I say musical theater when it comes to voice, voice over acting, voice acting, uh, let alone on camera, on stage, I do feel like musical theater kids have the discipline for everything. Sometimes when they're doing eight shows a week, they have to live like monks, you know? So Uh they take care of their voice, their body, they dance. And I'm talking about all body types, all ages. So what I found was like, I really started to realize like, in Rescue Bots, a Transformers cartoon was my first big cartoon. And Mm -hmm. that, and I know I got that because I improvised all over the material. So Mm. improv helped. And then, and and the producers were just fans of outsourced. Um, you know, they that does help and play a part. But yeah. I remember Ginny McSwain, our wonderful voice in the voice booth director, the voiceover mm-hmm. uh, director who works with us actors. Ginny is one of the best directors I've ever worked with, hmm. and just hands down in terms of acting, in terms of beats. But with voiceover, what she said was like, it was just these things. Like if you do this, then you mm-hmm. earn that. So if you start low, then you can end high. If you start super fast and everything, then you can end slow. So these kind of, her direction then made me just think of like piano, fortissimo, you know, Mm -hmm. staccato, legato, like all the musical terms made Mm -hmm. sense. Hmm. Add some improv and then add a mugging, you know, play to the back of a 10,000 seat house. (laughs) And that's, I think, the combination. Everything informs it all. My stage work informs my voice work. My voice work informs my stage work. I realize Mm -hmm. like, oh, even if I'm standing still, my voice can still be going up and down and everything and all around. And I'm like totally silent. And then the flip, you can be jumping all around with a monotone, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. I found that it, it was music. And I tell friends, tell young actors, everyone, like, you can have a horrible voice. You, you, can, you can be the one you're like, yeah, you're not Celine Dion. You know, you're not going to yeah. be selling concerts. 
but just know a little bit of know what the difference of like high and low and going up and going down because it will just everything is singing i'm very grateful that one could inform the other the voice Mm -hmm. informs the on camera and it all it's it's just cyclical and that's where like i feel like Aren't we all just actors and storytellers who yeah. just says like, I'm only a commercial actor. I only do film. The only person who only does film is Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Everyone else from Meryl. Well, yeah, Tom Meryl's Cruise. doing TV. Yeah. Meryl does yeah. TV. Big Little Lies, season two. What a, and then now to Only Murders, you know, it's like mm-hmm. everyone does this work. Everyone is a journeyman. And like Judy Dench did a multi-cam right before in London, right before she did you know, Shakespeare in Love and became big for mm-hmm. us Americans. But like, I mean, right. th- everyone around the world does everything. You said something in your talking about like voice acting and musicality and like playing to the rafters. And there are two characters that you presented as options to discuss today that I think have that playing to the back of the room quality about them in their bigness. Danny DeVito's Penguin from Batman Returns yes. and Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. <laughs> Th- those two. Great speech, Oswald. Oh, my name is not Oswald. It's Penguin. I am not a human being. I am an animal. Cold-blooded. Crank the AC. Where are my lists? Bring me the name. These are the names of the firstborn sons of Gotham City. Just like I was. And like me, a terrible fate waits for them. Tonight, while their parents party, they'll be dreaming away in their safe cribs, their soft beds, and we will snatch them! Carry them into the sewer and toss them into a deep, dark, watery grave. All right. I The reason why I brought up, I will always bring up Danny DeVito, because when you are a minority in this country growing up in the 80s, there's not a lot of Indian American representation growing up mm-hmm. then. You know, like this is still pre 9-11. So we yeah. weren't even into the terrorist category, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like maybe there was like an Apu, of course. Thank you, Hank mm-hmm. Azaria. Thank you, Simpsons. Um, yes. But Hari Kondabalu and Hank I've made up. So as long as Hari's okay with Hank, then I'm fine with Hank. And Hari was one of the first guests we had on this show. Isn't he a gem? What a wonderful guy. Gem. What a wonderful conversation. Gem, gem, gem. I bother Hari. Uh, whenever I see Hari <laughs> at an event, I feel like I'm going to go talk to you. And you are going to yeah. be my friend, whether you like it or not. And he's like, oh, God, here comes Parv. That's my personality. So I completely relate to that. Yeah. yeah. You're going to like me. And if not, I don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me because I'm going to keep doing <laughs> right. this. I remember Iqbal Thiba, as I call him, Iqbal G, you know, who was the principal mm-hmm. on Glee. But even back mm-hmm. then, he had some appearances on like Roseanne, maybe early Friends. Mm-hmm. All to be said, like. Danny DeVito, when he shows up in Taxi, and like, you know, in the 80s, it was all about the reruns, you know, and we didn't know what the shows, like, I watched Three's Company for years, and I still, I think (laughs) it was like in my late teens, early 20s, before I'm like, he's pretending to be gay? (laughs) You know, like, I remember like, (laughs) I just remember that, you know, John Ritter was a comedic clown. Anyway, yeah. so we grew up on like the 80, the reruns, you know, 70s, mm-hmm. Barney Miller. I remember Barney Miller, oh, yeah. you know, Welcome Back, Cotter. But then Tax. Excuse me? Um, my name is Elaine Nardo. They told me to ask for Louis. Yes, ma'am. I'm Louis De Palma. Oh, hi. I hope there's no trouble. If there is, I'll be glad to help in any way I can. Oh, no, no. It's just that they told me I'd be starting work today as a driver. Oh, here's my hack line. You're a cab driver? What do you mean, busting my chops here, make them believe you're a regular person? <laughs> oh, wait over there, I'll call your name and number. Till then, keep your mouth shut. What's wrong? Don't they feed you in there? Hey, witty person, fill out this form. And I hope you fill it out better than you fill out your pants. See, we're all fun here. But back then it was like Tony Danza was cute. Uh, Mm. Christopher Lloyd was weird. But Danny Mm. DeVito was short. (laughs) And I'm short. And that opening pilot, that gag when he comes out of like that, like, you know, that, you know, kind of like that tower. And he comes out. It is perfect. Louie? Yeah. 
I need a cab for the weekend. I'm going to Miami. No! Oh, come on, man. I'm very tight on time. I gotta leave right no. now. No! Let's take it. Hold everything. Okay, I gotta get tough with you guys. So you have to follow Danny DeVito's career because when, and I remember like just so many movies he did and then showing up like in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, the entire premise of twins is built around the fact that he's small and Arnold is huge. And like, that's so heartbreaking. Like when he's like, he got the shit left over. Remember that line? Like, and so I followed Danny DeVito's career so well. And then Batman Returns was big because the first Batman, like this is like late 80s. So like, you know, when they actually like had to build the sets, pre-CGI yeah. blockbusters, right? I am so, I've become so enamored of 90s cinema because it was, it was the last time before digital ubiquity yep. totally took hold in a functional way where you, if you were making it, you had to make it for real. Make me. And so it was, it was like the end of opulence was, right. the, was the 1990s. You're right. I mean, like we'll never have like big crowds like that, you know, and we'll never have Schumacher's Batman no, again. No, 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 nipples not included. Yeah, yeah. You know, equal opportunity <laughs> nipples and butts yeah. from from Batman and Robin. I did like the nipples on the suit. I won't lie. You know, I I'm like, too. can't be Shoemaker. You show it, girl. Yeah, you, exactly. You do but but d- Batman. So the first Batman. I mean, like this one, you start remembering, like going to the movie theaters. You're mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten. You can start kind yeah. of going alone, or your parents will pick you up at the Ogden Six in Naperville. You know, the Dollar <laughs> Theater. And then Batman Returns, however, was yeah. coming out. And then we were going on our like yearly trip to India. And every time, mm-hmm. as an NRI, non-resident Indian, you either go to mm-hmm. India to see all your family in Christmas. When it's super expensive, but the temperature is great over there. And you have the Christmas holidays, you know, thank you, Judeo-Christians, for the days off. Yes. And so we go for like two weeks to a month, Christmas or in the middle of summer, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was a summer year. And Batman Returns was coming out. Remember that Mm -hmm. poster? Michael Keaton. Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, just the three oh, heads. Yeah. And I remember yeah, being like- Yeah, they're the stack above like the snowy yeah. landscape below. And oh, I'm going to miss it. We're going to miss it. We're going to India for a month. I'm going to miss it. <laughs> and we go to India. It's already out because there's bootlegs. <laughs> there's This was the days of like the physical hard copy, like VHS, early days of DVD, like bootlegs. You would just yeah. get, and I was like, oh my God. And we watched like someone who clearly videotaped Batman Returns. Yeah. On a handheld. And like, and that was like kind of like the Russian roulette of, or Indian roulette of it <laughs> yeah. all. Like you, you never know if you're going to get a good copy or a bad copy. Yeah. So like, I remember seeing Batman Returns in India with family. And I'm like being like, yeah, I got to see it before it came out like June 21st yeah. back home. So, and that was also that shift of like, we have never seen Danny DeVito go that full makeup mm-hmm. transformation. The voice. Fucking draft. <laughs> Just jealous. Because I'm a genuine freak, and you have to wear a mask. You might be right. And I'm like, I remember him even in one floor of his cuckoo's nest when he like shows up. He's one of the people, the patients, and he's Mm -hmm. so cute, just doing the smiley, innocent thing. So I see a lot of my work in him too. Mm -hmm. And Batman Returns, it was like, oh, like you, oh, this is like when he like bites that guy who was like, you know, the the uh, his campaign. yeah. Sapper, who was like, who was one of the uh, friends on, I think he was a Family Ties or a Hogan's <laughs> Family friend. And he's the one who like Danny DeVito jumps and like, you know, he's coming down yeah, the like stairs. Yeah, like gnaws off like a part of yeah, him. Yeah, he's eating the fish. Not a lot of reflective surfaces down on the suit, yeah. huh? <laughs> Still... Could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. <laughs> Your nose could be. What do you mean by that? You don't think you really win, do you? You know, mm-hmm. things change. I just, it's such an iconic movie. And like, even like how Michelle Pfeiffer, like the video of her, like with the whip. Nailing oh it God. in one take, actually doing it, and, and the, like, cr- the the crew yeah. just erupting in applause after. I mean that outfit too. Like, I, if I didn't know I was gay, then like something happened because I either like I did not want to sleep with Michelle Pfeiffer, but I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, can I just like look at you and that's so? And didn't you all take like the that sewing things from your mom's sewing machine to be like these could be my fingernails? <laughs> but like, so the in, hell here in the neon sign, right? 
I mean, like, yeah, smash, smash. She does hello there, right? The O and yep. the T. Um, brilliant movie. Tim Burton noir and Danny DeVito mm-hmm. being like stepping into something that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have had the fortune to work with him. I did a mm-hmm. movie with like Ryan Hansen and Brie. Oh, Brie Larson. Thank you. Yes. Um, and Danny DeVito was like, like I want to say like in my 20s, like 08, 09, 06, 07. I don't know. And it was like mm-hmm. called Housebroken. And I played the Armenian with like a just a, Back then, they were like, you're brown, just do your blah, 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 blah accent. I'm like, sure. Because I wanted to be opposite Danny DeVito. And I have a scene Uh with him, and he was just very nice. And I was very scared, but like, we played, (laughs) improvised, and he was just lovely. And so, my, and then the last thing with DeVito is like, I just can't wait. One thing I do regret, I, he's been on, now he's been on stage on Broadway a couple times. Tony nominated him. Like, I would, I think Danny DeVito, that next thing will be like, I got to see him on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's iconic because like then people ask like, who did you see in yourself growing up? I'm like, well, they weren't there. I mean, like, the, the what, what Iqbal G? It's just Iqbal. Iqbal Theba. Yeah. Like he was all of our. He's been Danny Pudi's dad on Community. He's been all of everyone's mm-hmm. dad, uncle, grandpa. And <laughs> yeah. It's just like, but he's also a lovely human, and so I, I remember him. But like, in that kind of superstar, like in terms of where you saw leads, like Danny mm-hmm. DeVito was big for a character actor like myself. It felt like there was a latitude for superstardom in that era, too. Like, you could be a character figure, but also be an A-lister who, like, anchored movies. Like, Danny DeVito's a big goddamn War of the Roses. You know, we forget that. War of the Roses, yes. And and Jersey films, like, I feel he has an Oscar. I feel like from producing something or, like, Get Shorty or, Mm. like, I mean, like, and he's still on top of all this, like, all the other stuff. Like, he's a great performer. Mm -hmm. Is there is there a freedom of movement within knowing that you have that novelty appeal to where it's like I'm going to go big because I am I think there's based on it's like how I feel like horror cinema has like a latitude to be sort of crazier it yeah. has a latitude to like stretch the imagination not only because of the confines of like fantasy genre like the the unreality of it but also when you have a genre of low expectation and not that Danny DeVito is an actor of low expectation but when you have a genre of either low or different expectation it's kind of like listen we can swing for a grand slam from here because we're not being hovered over police by expectations in the way that, like, a fine art drama like The Piano would be. And so I wonder, like, you, like, identifying as a character actor, like, is there a freedom of movement within character acting and that embrace, like, especially in voice work, of being able to, like, play to the back of the room? Like, do you feel like you get a stretch in certain ways that, like, maybe you wouldn't otherwise? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to pin down this thing of, like, when people count you out, or when you are against what people consider formed to the expectation of norms, is there a freedom of like, fine, fuck it, I can move fast and break things? I think we're shifting with also where I even still like lie my Gen X, yeah, millennial border. I'm a Zennial. Remember, like, Zennial. We, I was Gen Y, then they took it away, and then they had nothing for us. Seventy eight. <laughs> there to was a real born. retraction on Gen Y. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, now Gen X only goes to seventy seven. We're like, okay, so I guess I'm. Millennial, they're like, no. Millennial brings in 82, <laughs> yeah. 83. I'm like, what? where did we go? Where did 78 to 82 go? And they're like, no, oh, fine, like, you're Zenial. Listen, it's enough for fucking Gen X out no, here. We're like, Zenial. we are looked over enough. Are you kidding me? Zenials. We are, or <laughs> ex-Zenial or whatever it is. But like, we're in between. So like, my Gen X side recognizes a lot of like, things that are shit. Like, yeah. this whole yeah. character actor view even. It's yeah. like, it's basically, you're not the white, cis, straight, hot, mm-hmm. able-bodied, Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is a character actor. Short, fat, yeah. uh, n- uh, Italian, you know, hairy, yeah. hairy, funny name, uh, big mm-hmm. nose, everything. So I'm just like, and let alone the biggest thing I think is sexuality. Yeah. I play a lot of characters in my life, like Gupta and Outsource. Like, we didn't know his sexual life. We didn't know his like dating life, mm-hmm. his family life, anything. He was there in service to tell like we like later in later season of office, we get there for everyone because mm-hmm. you just had to develop like shit. We can only mind Jim and Pam so much and Michael Scott. Yeah. Like, let's do Meredith. Let's do Oscar. You know, like so that's when they really went deep. But like, you know, originally that they're just there to be like the kooky office guy, the weird accountant, yeah. you know. I think what I am learning from like younger folks is like the sexual kind of awakening in terms of identity expression, mm-hmm. gender as well. 
is changing. They're like, why wouldn't the little bear be the romantic lead? Why yeah. wouldn't the six foot two tall lesbian couple yeah. be dainty and want to mm-hmm. dance and do something little? They can't just be the WNBA players because they're tall. Yeah. You know, so like that's shifting. Yeah. Not everyone's Brienne of Tarth. Right. And, and this view of like, I, I do find, I say this quite a bit that because it is, it was an awakening during Trump, awakening during George Floyd and COVID too. Like, mm. oh, wow. A lot of my comedy for a big bulk was in service of white supremacy. And systemic racism, like, I'm not like those other Indians. I like Lunchables for lunch, not Sag yeah. Paneer. Is that how you say it? I don't know. <laughs> I do. Yeah. But I just, mm-hmm. you know, pretend. Oh, I'm not like those homos. I, 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 I can also straight act. Hey, hey, what's up? We, we did that. I code switched because uh-huh. I could hang and then I could get more parts. And then, oh, mm-hmm. shit, the only Indian part is the dad. So I better be able to be a convincing dad. So. Well, and I understand, too, that like, you were like, you were in, you were in this industry in, in the 2000s. Yeah. Like the the no the no fats no femmes no Asians like era of homophobia. When Kim Chi on Drag Race a lip sync song, yeah. I loved it. I loved no f- fat femmes or Asians, you know. And Kim yeah. Chi couldn't really dance well, but you know it, she did it in that one. But I remember mm-hmm. like brilliant. What a moment for like. And I have also like I'm a I'm obviously South Asian Indian Desi Punjabi mm-hmm. whatever, but I I also like I think it's easier to just be like it's one big continent. Yeah, <laughs> Asia. We're Asians, mm-hmm. you know. You, we we can go to more parties if we don't. Mm-hmm. If we can just stay under the Asian umbrella, from Palestine <laughs> yeah. to the Philippines, it's a big continent. <laughs> it's a big continent. It's a big continent. Yeah. So, but like, I do. I realize that with some of my work, and then I'm like, I don't want to just be a character actor. The older I'm getting, the more yeah. confident I got in my sexuality and openness. Is like, no. Even mm-hmm. with a couple curvy, extra few pounds of padding, like I'm going to mm-hmm. be the romantic lead. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, nah. Let's change the same guy, the same truck driver, but instead of his girlfriend, Jenny, let's make it his boyfriend, Bill. Yeah. But that shift is happening now. And like, I see that with younger folks who are like, I want to be Romeo. And yeah. you know, in my mind, I'd be like, you're, f-, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you're five foot six, 170 pounds at Roosevelt. You should be yeah. Peter. Maybe. <laughs> oh, you didn't get, and honestly, even at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, I had done, what was it? Romeo and Juliet. And it was like an abridged version, the one that that toured or they do for the galas or the, mm-hmm. you know, the teach, students would come or like, if you didn't want to watch a two and a half hour, oh, well, let's watch this 80 minute. And then it toured with the NEA for it. Like there was like a National Endowment of the Arts tour way back, like in 2001, 2002, 2002, because Barbershop 1 had come out. And, mm-hmm. and then I didn't, they didn't have me go on the tour because they said I would not be a believable Benvolio. I would not be okay. a believable best friend to Romeo. And I even was like, I get it. I can't play Mercutio, but I think I can play Benvolio. He's so boring. You know, but like, yeah. I was Peter. I was, you know, like, I was the pot to carry. But no, I couldn't go on tour because I couldn't, I wouldn't be a believable Benvolio. That's so fucked up. Back, back then. That's, well, yeah. that's because they were like, and yeah. I, even then I was like, I get it. I get it. I'm of a character actor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find yourself like, are you still in the process of unlearning that internalization or are you past that process? I'm a little past it because once okay, you start okay. getting like after I've been in like three long term relationships, my um, current ex, right? Is your current mm-hmm. ex is your re- <laughs> most, my most recent ex, excuse <laughs> most me. Recent ex. He's like my best friend. He's like my chacha, my, you know, like we. we that we, is the, that's the unifying queer experience. It is. Is that. It's seven. We were together seven years. So like, hmm. but after, and four years with the one before that, like after that, you start to find, I feel like, oh, if I'm, I'm, I'm fucking in my real life. So I yeah. think I'm okay <laughs> with my characters fucking too. So like, yeah. that, that did, that was a shift though. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to be like that, gro- not even grotesque, but just like, hey, sex jokes. But I just meant like, but that is a thing for an actor and artist. Like once you, yeah. your real life, if it your real life is better than what you thought that some of your characters' lives are playing, just know that it's just for show. It's just acting. Mm-hmm. And then to the person who might need work or rent, then you can play those parts. Sometimes I'm grateful for the ability to be like, I don't know if I need to necessarily play certain things all mm-hmm. the time. That's just uh, gratitude with growing in one's mm-hmm. career. But I do feel less and less. Inclined. I like I used to wax my back all the time because oh, I was always shirtless in shows 
for the comedic element of like, hey, there's like a chubby guy with back, back hair, you know? Yeah. My name mm-hmm. is Earl. We did it. And I didn't have it in me to take power in it, which yeah. maybe someone might have. I took mm-hmm. it as like, they're making fun of me and let's do it. Okay, let's go to European Wax Center, get yeah. the thing. And then the makeup people, they do even that extra spray because of the redness when you have rosacea and brown skin. And mm-hmm. so I remember doing all this. And I remember like during with Eric, my ex, about like a year in to our relationship, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Going to Palm Springs. I'm not waxing anymore. Like, but that age, 30 <laughs> year old me might not have done it, but 40 year old mm-hmm. me was like, this is stupid. I am me yeah. and everything. But like, it took a while. And like, I'm still in what year am I in therapy? Four, 11, 12 years of therapy. So like, mm-hmm. all that helps. I'm very grateful in that regard. But it, I mean, I, I sometimes feel like, am I dumber than most? Like, I don't dye my hair or beard. <laughs> And I yeah. can see my other friends who like, Parvesh is not as old as the rest of us. He's, I'm like, <laughs> you're right. I'm younger than you. Stop dyeing your hair. They don't want me around because I aged them up. <laughs> I'm younger than you, Malik. Shut up, Parv. It's time for a quick break, but I'll be back shortly with more from Parvesh China. Then I'll have one quick thing about the recent Emmys telecast and a particular winner that we want to spotlight and celebrate Niecy Nash. So stick around at the very end of the show for that. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't given us a chance. I get it. But you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us. And I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter and more mature, and generally nicer to Dan. But we are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to Feeling Seed. Film, television, and voice actor Parvesh China is here with me today, and we are talking about some of the strange and often villainous characters that he's seen himself in over the years. Danny DeVito's Penguin and Mike Myers' Dr. Evil, for example. We've also been getting into how his own relationship to the characters he's played has morphed over the years. Let's get back to that now. It feels like it was previously, like, you would have to select an intersection of yours to go with. But do you feel like now your intersection is able to converge in the way that you present yourself for work and in what you will accept or reject in terms of work that comes your way? Yeah, Jordan, I used to, when I was like younger, I used to think like, I'm going to have my own pride parade for every yeah. other like Sikh, Punjabi, now atheist, <laughs> chubby, five foot six, curly haired, <laughs> you know, like big nose. Like I thought like, I'm going <laughs> to only be me <laughs> in this yeah. parade. And now... And I even like wrote a comment sometime, I think recently with a lot of the, you know, the Israel, Palestine, just in terms of like posting. And I remember like some of them yeah. like, as a Punjabi, I'm like even just repeating what I just said. And someone's like, there's a lot of adjectives. I'm like, and I just remember saying like, trust me, buddy. I long for the day when the only adjective describing us is earthling Parvesh China. Yeah, yeah. That's just me. Human Parvesh China. That's me, because, like, I view us all together as one. Mm -hmm. And, yes, have the subsections of, like, in, like, can you imagine the year 2800? Like, someone being like, here's a mix of, like, my Peruvian, Indian, Thai, Chinese, and Martian dishes. (laughs) You know, like, like, literally be like, acknowledge every little bit of yourself. And take what you want. And I mean, I just long for that day because I just see that mm-hmm. 
future. I don't want us to have, I, I feel like we as humans always look for something to divide. We mm-hmm. could even be a mono, mono, mono culture. We could all yeah. be, you know, in, we could all be Catholic Peruvians, you know, <laughs> yeah. all the same, same shade of like caramel and everything. And we would still be like, who's poor, who's, yeah. who's uh, rich, who's smart, who's educated. Like, we'll still find divisions. We, yeah, we, we would still factionalize. Yeah. So, like, I am just trying to bring it now to everything. There's some, like, um, more of us, there's a fortune of also uh, not having to be the dramaturg mm-hmm. for every character that you play anymore. Like, because right. there are more people of, who just have knowledge. Like, I remember, like, people didn't even know what six were. They're like, what is that turban? Are you Muslim? I'm like, how do you not know? Like, the fifth biggest religion in the, okay. You know, like, in the world. It yeah. was just, like, we were so, like, uneducated. Mm-hmm. And, like, in this country at times. You know, there's that element yeah. of just teach what about the, themselves here. So I am grateful that I don't have to keep doing, I even say like, you know, just to be specific, if I've been cast in this part and you're not precious, the mm-hmm. character's name is not precious to the story, then perhaps sometimes change the name from like a, I'm, I don't, I'm not Gujarati. I'm not mm-hmm. my best friend Sonal Shah is Gujarati. Ravi Patel, mm-hmm. Gujarati. And they also, there is some physical features too. I do have a big Punjabi nose. It's just one of those things that we, some Punjabi, some of us have big noses. Okay. And my skin tone also alludes to it, being Northern versus further South. So when I can, I'd be like, hey, maybe Dr. Singh, Dr. Gill, Dr. Chopra, mm-hmm. Dr. Chadda. These are just the names that are a little bit more me. Versus like if a friend of mine, if, you know, Rizwan Munji is going to be playing an Is Ismaili or a Muslim character, yeah, a character with the Qs and Zs in the name, like an Arik or a, you know, that makes more sense. It's just these well, little uh, adjustments that now we can make in our character work that doesn't really shift the character, but it means so much more to the kid who's watching, as well as that one person out of a thousand who's like, Parvesh Chinas actually Punjabi. I checked on his Wikipedia. Yeah. He should not be playing a Patel. You know? Well, uh, Auli Ikravalu was able was able to have her character in Mean Girls named Janice Imi Ike as opposed to Janice Ian because yeah. she's she's Indigenous Hawaiian. I haven't seen it yet, but I am I am a big a huge blast. fan of Avantika. The it's little a blast. she's oh she's she's fabulous, isn't she? I missed a chance to play her dad in a Disney Channel oh. movie called Spin. It was like right before pandemic, and then I got either Connecting or Mythic Quest. And it, it it conflicted. It conflicted. And I was like, oh, what a bummer. I think they got an Indian Indian, Indian Indian. When I say Indian Indian, that means like a, someone from India, you know, of, versus. Of India, yes. Yeah, versus like Indian American, Indian Canadian, Indian British. Mm-hmm. She's she's a star. She definitely is a star. She feels like a star. Yeah. But I love um, those. I mean, like, look at all those shifts with Mean Girls the Musical. Because hello, yeah. it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah, her back name is in Karen 04. Shetty. Her name is Karen Shetty. It's in brilliant. That. Like, so, like, it's, it. Just let it let it reflect let it reflect the actor. Nothing else changes, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing else changes. She's still a ditzy, you know, checking the weather with her bosom. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, that's it. That's it. That's it. So I do love like that. I don't have to fight for those anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fight. If anything, sometimes they'll be like, "Hey, do you want to make your character gay?" I'm like, "Oh, well, you know, since it's set in 1962, and <laughs> yeah. we are in the." F- Fields of Punjab. If he's gay, maybe it's closeted. But, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll use it as a character choice. But, like, since my wife is pregnant with our twins in this one, maybe yeah. I won't. You know, like, now there's, like, almost, like, too much. You know, like, yeah. like no, it's okay. No, I'll, I'll, I can play straight on this one. Yeah. I can't let us get away without bringing up Dr. Evil oh. and how the bridge between the bridge between <laughs> Penguin and Dr. Evil. And and perhaps perhaps maybe you don't see them as such, but the villain yeah, connection between villains. these two. Yeah. Dr. Evil is because Mike Myers was one of our favorites. SNL, you know, when you're younger, you want to watch adult stuff. So I remember it was middle school. I remember SNL 25 and and Austin Powers came out. The I think between uh, senior year of high school and freshman year of college, so ninety seven. Mm-hmm. I wanted. I know it's in ninety seven into a 90- global sensation. Yeah. And remember, and it did not do as well in the theaters, but it became a a, a DVD, VHS, yeah. Hollywood Video blockbuster hit. And I yeah. owned it. I I bought a pre owned one. And Danny Sama. I'm fortunate that two of my best friends are, are Indian American best friends are both named Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny growing up, <laughs> Danny here in L. A. And but Danny Sama and I had brought the TV VCR combo, and every time we would go 
to a frat party, a theater department party, um, <laughs> anything. Get stoned. You know, like how you're getting stoned for the, at least we, our generation, we were from Naperville, so we, we didn't have access to weed. The brown Asian kids didn't have access to weed <laughs> until you will buy. But we would watch Austin Powers drunk in the middle of the day, 4 p.m. We watched it over and over and over. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, that is... That movie is a kook and a half, and it's one of the I one of for me my I feel for my generation the first unapologetically wackadoo weird. Gentlemen, it's come to my attention that a breakaway Russian Republic from Pakistan is about to transfer a nuclear warhead to the United Nations in a few days. Here's the plan: we get the warhead and we hold the world ransom for one million dollars. <clears throat> Don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. Virtucon alone makes over nine billion dollars a year. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Okay, then. We hold the world ransom for... One hundred billion dollars. So, like, I find that, like, both... DeVito in Batman Returns and even Myers in Dr. Evil. Like, I know mm-hmm. these time periods in my life so specifically. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, just entering middle school with Batman Returns, just entering college with Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, and just knowing, like, oh, my gosh, you could play so many characters. Like, you can do mm-hmm. it. It's, like, kind of within reach. Austin Powers, he's the snake to my mongoose. Or the mongoose to my snake. Either way, it's bad. I do know animals, but I do know this. This time it's personal. Kill him. From Batman Returns to, I mean, like, Dr. Evil, like, this is also right still kind of before, like, I jumped into, like, theater hardcore. Yeah. Freshman yeah. year of college, you still are starting to see theater. I remember, like, at U of I, Transgender Roosevelt, you just have to start seeing shows. And then coming to Chicago, I'm like, I stopped kind of watching movies because I'm like, your free time should be theater. But I, I do remember right, like, right. That, that those were still the moments of like, you, how actors across the nation can kind of get close to acting if they can't go to their local theater. Yeah. It's film. Film and mm-hmm. TV. So that was it. And, but yeah, Dr. Evil is just such a weird, I mean, like, it's so weird. It was it's such so a weird. weird thing. And like, we still I like, like your gravitation it. toward a permission for strangeness. Yeah, because like I like people that like have no id or speak their mm. id too. Like it, it's it's random, but unlike where you don't want to do like crazy or like druggy characters like an improv because you, you don't have anywhere to go and it, it's not a, an immediate kind of plot device. It needs to be yeah. rehearsed and written and drafted. But when you see it done well, I guess Robin Williams was one of the true geniuses of like Im- improvised id. Of just mm-hmm. letting it oh, flow wow. and go. And it makes sense. And br- you know what I mean? Like, just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, you could feel like, did he memorize this? Mm-hmm. So uh, back to, like, just the sense of, like, it's interesting, like, how movies for me, have they fall off. I, I'm a big television guy because I, mm. my limitation with film, like, now all I'm thinking about, like, Austin Powers, is like, can you imagine if that was, like, a 13 episode <laughs> I mean, in essence, it is. Three movies is almost like 12 episodes, you know, something. But like. Well, I mean, and somehow Mike Myers got the show like that came out a year or so ago on Netflix that was based on the like conspiratorial organization that his father character in So I Married an Axe Murderer believed in. And he got a series based on that known as The Meadows. Did you see it? I did not watch it. I haven't seen it either. And I don't I'm know worried. why. <laughs> I don't, you know, there's a thing of me like, why didn't I? Sometimes there's that thought like, like Mike Myers was gone away too long. At yeah. Times. I'm like, where, where have you been? I do like, I'm selfish. Like I always want more from my artist. I want more Elton John. I want more Ben Folds. I want more Amy Mann. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Can you tell like I'm a nineties white child? <laughs> Well, I couldn't let us get away without, like, touching, like, one other character you did bring up. And I thought that I had never heard of this movie. 
And then I realized what it was and was like, I watched this movie over and over again when I was young. And that is vice versa. Yeah. And you brought up Ajay Naidu's character in that. I, I think his name Dale, who is a small part yeah. and he's a bully child. He I love it. This is a third villain. This is the third mm-hmm. villain in this list. Because Brown, but it is be, I couldn't be, only... we couldn't play villains. Hi, how you doing? I've known better days, George. Excuse me? I, I mean, uh, Mr. Ferreira. Raccoon turd. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. This is the only, like, non-white character that I would yeah. imagine, like, in informative times, I would imagine this was a first or perhaps standout sort of among only, like, hey, there's actually yeah. a kid that looks like me in this high school, in this movie. Vice versa is that film with Judge Reinhold and Fred yep. Savage as parent, as a dad and son, yeah. and it's a Freaky Friday. They trade places, yeah. they touch some... Go Lord. Ancient Chinese artifact. Ooh, yep. mystical Asians. Yep. It was after Gremlins. So like after Asia, we were mystical. Especially yeah. our especially our East Asian siblings. You oh know? yeah. Like it is stated like these these white vases that I bought from China <laughs> are exotic. Right. And people are gonna buy them. Oh my gosh. Hey, I want this to go with the rest of the samples. A dollar fifty. About everyone the guy had. Store puts a lampshade on this. Retails for what do you think? 75, 80? Nothing like a 600% market would put a smile on your face. It's absolutely an era where, like, they would have said they went to the Orient. Yeah. Kind of oh, situation. yes, 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 yes. And, <laughs> but to be fair, like, I thought, like, oh, Asia's the land where you're from. I thought Orient, Oriental were, um, like, things, like rugs. Sure, yeah, and an Oriental rug. Yeah. Yes. But then you even learn, like, oh, my goodness, that's where the word itself is still, like, from that, you know, Middle East. East yes. to who? Oh, I get it. From you guys. According to what? According to Britain. The OGs of white supremacy, (laughs) the British. Let's hear it for the British. Oh, did they Brexit? Oh, no, too bad. California's got a bigger economy than you. Are you relevant (laughs) still? No? It goes from the hype horn to the slide whistle really quick. Uh, uh, How do we get on to the British? Oh, Ajay Naidu. Oh, so Ajay Bless. We watched Vice Versa, and we were like, that kid is not just like, he's not like Latino. He's yeah. Indian. And like, uh-huh. and then we saw his name in the credits. We're like, bam, it, he was. And it, uh, he's from Chicago also. And that film is set there. It's on my mind because I just saw Ajay perform in Waiting for Godot uh, oh. in Brooklyn with Michael Shannon. And oh, my friend Jeff Beal was in it too. I think Jeff was lucky. I think Ajay was Pazzo or Flipum. I get the parts confused. But it was mm-hmm. great to see him like just... He kills it on stage. He's still got that same physicality that he had that he had like during like his you know dancing in office space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, know? yeah. So I love Ajay because he is like when I say I get back to age and proper like he's proper Gen X, you know, like mm-hmm. and he is like he had to live through it, you know, like oh let's just put an accent on this character. Why? Because it's the nineties or the two thousands. Just mm-hmm. do it, or we'll just go to someone else. Yeah. And we were like, we get it, we get it, we need to pay rent. And I used to always think, like, I need to get into the system before I can change it. Mm-hmm. But I just remembered that, like, being like, all right, there, you can't say that there isn't an Indian American in the mm-hmm. 80s who was doing stuff. And then mm-hmm. Office Space, I still think, is like one of his big ones. And he's done other, like, Indian, oh, yeah. American indie projects, you know, that we've seen and everything. And he's, he's great. <laughs> Why does it say pepper jam when there is no pepper jam? I swear to God, one of these days, I, I, I just kick this piece of shit out the window. My bridge question to you to wrap it up would be, like, you mentioned, like, Avantika and, yeah. like, what a star she, like, and the sort of deconditioning yourself from, like, the in- internalized sort of bigotry of what was placed upon you as as a as a gay Punjabi, like, short yeah. man, like, yeah. actor in this industry. <laughs> is there... Is there a link between the the prior generations and now the plugged in generations that you're seeing? Like, are you guys coming together yes. all, to forge? Pa- okay, you are absolutely. Oh, God. All God. I do is like what a cry when I think about like Karen Brar, Nick Dadani, mm-hmm. Karen Sony. Like mm-hmm. these are out queer. Two, if not all three of them, are also Punjabi, mm. Indian Americans. You know, Karin, Karin Sony was, is from Indian India. Like mm. he came out here for SC and stayed. And then Brar and 
Nikhil. I think Nick also wants to go by Nikhil. You know, there's some mm-hmm. reclaiming of the full name. Not the oh. Americanized. Call me Parv, guys. It's easier than Parvage. And I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. I like it both. I mean, like, even people in my family yeah, call but it. but there's a part of it that's, like, an acquiescing yeah, to, absolutely. like, I don't know, Parvage is hard. Yeah, I mean, like, my friend, like, Pradeep became Danny, you know. Yeah. Not not Danny Pudi. Pudi's Catholic, so he's been Danny since birth. <laughs> but my other Danny Sama was, like, Pradeep, you know, and I get it. Like, there's that element of, like, hey, 1984 wasn't really fun, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when I, and then I, uh, believe it or not, like friend, I, I got the I got the guest room being made up. Mm-hmm. I've got Jasmine Sharma, who is an actress, playwright, director, Northwestern wonder kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that wrong. I said that wrong. I did the Ted Lasso thing, wonder kid, <laughs> wonder kid. Wonder kid? And yes, thank you. And Kuhu Varma. Um, we're doing this musical and Kuhu is the lead and Kuhu was like in, you know, Murder Mystery 2 and Big Sick and she has got, and both of them also have these incredible voices. So like, they're young kids. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, Gunkles going to Costco, croissants yes. and bagels. So like, <laughs> I'm we're, I'm positioning myself to be Gunkle, to be dad. Oh, like, that's beautiful. And like, ask me anything. This is how much I'm making. Ask, tell, I'm like, I share age. I share wage transparency. Yeah. I love them. I love mm-hmm. them because they don't have, they may, they never deal with the shit yeah. that like I have barely touched, you know, mm-hmm. either on the gay side or the race side. Even just mm-hmm. recently, this past week, I had a, I had some white comments about, there are going to be a lot of white people there. Are you going to be okay? I'm like, I, th- I think I know how to talk to white people. <laughs> yeah. I think I've made it 44 years in my life in industry too, with, without, with knowing how to talk to people of other races. You're like, did I not just say I'm a 90s white child? I know. (laughs) Hello, Sarah McLaughlin's going on tour. (laughs) Bring back the Lilith Fair. (laughs) So just say, but like it still happens and I am there to let them know like the confidence Mm -hmm. that they have, the not asking permission that I did for everything Mm -hmm. or forgiveness on top. They, Mm -hmm. um, Jasmine says something beautiful about her write a work as a playwright like all of her plays deal with her americanness yeah and i love that word americanness what is your americanness what is mine americanness it's shifting so i do see these kids i honestly just want to protect them all but they don't need it and they i really just feel like okay wonderful like who when do we get to all be families when do yeah. we get to like not just be the next door neighbor quirky? And it's been shifting for a while, but there's just mm-hmm. no, they have no like quotas and they have no like limits. Mm-hmm. And I, enough, end with this. Why I love these kids so much is like there's no longer the scarcity complex. There's oh, no longer God. the fear that like there can only be one Indian, there can only be one gay Indian part yeah, totally. or person. And I see it with like my peers, my three best friends are Rizwan Manji, Danny Pudi, and Sonal Shah. There's no competition among us. Danny, Riz, and I will literally run lines for each mm-hmm. other when we are up for the same part. If we're in the waiting room, like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you do it, I'll do it. And so I just love, I hope, some friends have said, like, other kids, like, your friendship with you, Sonal, Danny, especially because the three of us are from Chicago. Riz is Canadian. Don't tell. <laughs> but the three of us, Chicago suburbanites, we're just so grateful that, like, I mean, to, to hear someone say, like, you're the three of your friendship means a lot to us Midwestern nerd bases. We're like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like uh-huh. that blew my mind more than anything. Yeah. Like how is friendship. my, like, oh my God, my friendships are activism. Because he said that like, because it shows that you can, you don't have to be competitive. Yeah. It shows that you need support and each other in this industry. Why do you think Danny, like I didn't audition for Mythic Quest. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even Danny's idea to be fair. It was Megan, <laughs> Megan Gann's idea. Like what about Pervesh? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you didn't recommend me? I just, I, I do love the fact that I want that. I want friendship. I don't like competition in art. Maybe we all mm-hmm. get a TV show. Maybe we all get uh, 75,000 an episode. Maybe we all win. This mm-hmm. You don't, everyone can get an A+. Mm-hmm. Maybe this time. Maybe this Maybe time. Maybe this time. We'll be lucky, Jordan. <laughs> I'm doing my Rex Harrison speak, speak singing. <laughs> Maybe this time. I win. 
<laughs> I think that is maybe this time I'll win is what I'm going to call the note to go out on. Parvesh, China, thank you so much for being with us today. You've been such a wonderful, generous, and guys, flexible guest. Oh, Jordan, and I my love. So appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Always fun to be with the maximum folks. Thanks so much to Parvesh China for that sprawling conversation. You can find Parv all over the place, but most recently he played the Harvard Provost on Frasier, the reboot, uh, which you can find on Paramount Plus. And he was also in Sometimes I Think About Dying, a movie starring Daisy Ridley that is set to be released later this month. And now that promised one quick thing before I go, in honor of the Emmys and in honor of multiple-time nominee and finally winner, Nisi Nash Betts. By the tally of the winners, it was a great night at the Emmys. Beef went home with a lot of trophies. The Bear won big. To no one's surprise, Succession was crowned over and over again for its merits. But the winner we are most excited about is Nisi Nash Betts, who finally won in the category of supporting actress in a limited or anthology series for Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Her speech was incredible. Famously, she thanked herself. It's easy to, you know, the speeches are the thing that matriculate around the internet. That's that's the headline. But what we want to shout out here today in the one quick thing before we go is just Nisi, in her own words, in the briefing room afterwards, when she was asked by a reporter why she felt like it was important for her to take that moment on the stage to thank herself in accepting her award. So we are going to kick it over to Nisi Nash-Betts right now to elaborate on that for us. You know, I'm the only one who knows what it costs me. I'm the only one who knows how many nights I cried because I couldn't be seen for a certain type of role. I'm the one who knows what it's like to go through divorce on camera and still have to pull up and show out. And you still got to go home and you have children and a whole life. And so I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that I did something that people said I could not do because I believed in me. And sometimes people don't believe in themselves. And I hope my speech was a delicious invitation for people to do just that. Believe in yourself and congratulate yourself. Sometimes you got to encourage what? Yourself. And that's why it's not called mama esteem, them esteem, us esteem. It's called self-esteem because don't nobody got to believe it but you. And that is our show. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod or send us an email at feelingseenatmaximumfun.org. If you want to follow me, I'm Crew on Twitter. Our theme music is by Andrew Epen. The show is produced by Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producers are Kevin Ferguson and Laura Swisher, and this is a production of Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.